are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got a very good Thursday show for you. We're going to talk so much baseball in this podcast. We are also going to talk about my biggest pet peeve when it comes to baseball, even sports in general. There is a word, not even a phrase, it's a word that drives me up a wall. We're going to break down the series. We're going to break down some NFL gambling trends. I've got some more of them for this week's games, not just in general, like I gave you yesterday. We're going to talk about the Dodgers collapse. A lot to go over here in today's podcast, and we'll get to all that momentarily. Let's talk about, well, let's start with the Dodgers. Because <laughs> I could probably do an hour on the Dodgers. Dodgers lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks 4-2. to two. They get swept. Some statistics for this Dodger team. This Dodger team has now been eliminated in the last three playoffs. 2021, 2022, and 2023 by a team that they won 16 more games than Diamondbacks. They also scored 160 more runs than the Diamondbacks this year, swept out of the playoffs. Last year, lose to the San Diego Padres. They were 22 games better than them in the standings. The year before that, they were beaten by a team that they were 18 games better than in the standings. This series outscored 19-6. to Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman were 1-for-21 in the series. The Dodgers had four guys this season that drew, drew, drove in more than 100 runs. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Matt, Munt, uh, Matt Muncy, and J.D. Martinez. Those four players combined for one RBI in the series. They lost 11 to 2, 4 to 2, and 4 to 2 to a team that they outscored by 160 runs this year and like I said, were 16 games better than in the standings. I I'm I'm a broken record when it comes to this. And that is you cannot predict anything in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Not saying that you can predict the winners of every game when the NFL playoffs start or even the NBA playoffs start. What I'm saying, though, is there's really no rhyme or reason to Major League Baseball series and playoff series ending the way they do. We've been over it the last two days with the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Both of them did not play well, had zero quote-unquote momentum going into the playoffs, and yet both of them are 5-0 and and headed to the LCS in their respective leagues. Let's talk about momentum for a second. This is a phrase that drives me up an absolute wall when it comes to sports because what is momentum? What does momentum even mean when it comes to sports? Because if we're saying the Texas Rangers, before the playoffs started, heading into the playoffs, they didn't have any momentum. They were atop the AL West with one week left in the season. They would have had a week off and would have hosted the first series. Instead, they go 2-5 and five in the last week of the season. So they didn't head into the playoffs with any momentum, correct? I think we can agree on that if we are defining momentum correctly. And then they are 5-0 and oh in the playoffs. Can't predict it. So there's zero momentum there. The Arizona Diamondbacks lost the last four games of the season, dropping from the 5-seed to the 6-seed. Zero momentum heading into the playoffs. 
Didn't matter. They're 5-0 and in the playoffs. Swept both of their series. They're headed to the NLCS to play the Braves or the Phillies. The Dodgers and Braves seemingly had momentum heading into the playoffs. They had the two best records in the National League. What did that do for them? Dodgers got swept. Braves on the verge of losing to the Phillies for the second year in a row. Now, let's not even talk about momentum when it comes to series. What if we just talk about momentum within a game? Now, I can't really use the Diamondbacks and Dodgers series for momentum in games because Arizona led by the third inning by multiple runs in every game, and the Dodgers never tied a game nor ever had a lead in any of these games. They got outscored 19-6. to So you can say momentum for the Braves Philly series. I'd say so. So game one happens. Braves throw out their best pitcher, Spencer Strider. As I said yesterday, 21 swings and misses. He had never had that in any start this year, and yet they lost and got shut out. They got shut out in the first game of the playoffs that they played this year when they hadn't been shut out since May. So clearly, Philly steals game one on the road. They've got momentum, right? Philly goes up 4 nothing in game two in Atlanta. I'd say they have momentum on their side, right? But then the Braves get one in the sixth, two in the seventh, two in the eighth. They win 5-4. So if anything, the Braves are riding some serious momentum, being like, we could have been down 0-2, now we're back in this series. It's 1-1, we're going to Philly. And the Braves were down 4-0 within the first five innings of that game. So it's like, can we stop with the word momentum? Because it really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, because momentum, I would think, means a continuous upswing, uptick of things. Momentum changes at the drop of a hat. You can take any football game and be like, wow. They just, I mean, you hear it all the time from broadcasters. They turn the momentum in the game. Yeah, but then the other team can turn it right back on one play, one pitch, one tackle, one touchdown. It just, can we just stop using momentum, please? It is so overused, and I just don't think it's used properly, or it just, I guess my biggest thing with momentum is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who has momentum. Momentum doesn't win you games. You know what wins you games? The final score at the end of the, day, at the, end of the game. That's what won you the game, not momentum. You can say in certain instances, wow, this team really fell apart because, you know, especially in basketball where it's a little more intimate setting, the crowd can get loud, and maybe a team ends the game on a 25-8 to eight run and wins the game, and they were down by you know four or six in the fourth quarter. I guess you rode a wave of momentum, sure, but that's only because the game ended. If you would have kept playing, the other team probably would have evened it out at some point. So I'm just not big on this whole momentum thing. It just doesn't make any sense to me because it can easily flip in any sport. I kind of want to do a really deep dive into maybe explaining why baseball is so much a crapshoot versus NBA and NFL. I'm not going to talk about hockey. And, and, and this is kind of me thinking out loud. I put some thoughts together, but hear me out on this. If you're watching an NBA game, let's just let's go straight to the playoffs for all these sports. If you're watching an NBA game, NBA playoff game, NFL playoff game, Let's start in the NFL. In the NFL, when two teams are playing, 
and this is going to sound like so remedial, but I'm trying to get to the bottom of why the L.A. Dodgers can dominate for six months and then get to the playoffs and completely shit the bed. What can you do about it? Is there anything you can do about it? Or is it really just cross your fingers? Just get to the playoffs because you can't make the World Series unless you at least get to the playoffs and then just cross your fingers and hope you do well. But what I'm talking about is this. I'm thinking about it like in a football game. Number one, you have a halftime. So you can go in and take a 20-minute break and discuss what happened in the first half, what you were doing wrong. You can look at film, all this stuff. And you can you know, do something different defensively, do something different offensively. Maybe we blitz more in the second half. Maybe we take long shots down the field in the second half as opposed to throwing 5- and 10-yard outs or 15-yard curl patterns. There's so many different things that go into a football game where you can understand when you're watching a football game, okay, I get it. They changed the way they did this. That's what ended up changing the outcome of a game. Basketball, kind of the same thing. How many times have we seen an NBA game where a team is down 10 or 15 in the first half and can come back and win? It just means, you know, the effort is usually a little bit, you know, they're they're down, so now they're putting out a little bit more of an effort to come back. Um, you know, maybe they apply a different defense in the second half. Maybe they defend the pick and, the high pick and roll different than they, in the second half than they did in the first half. Again, it had a halftime where you can go down, you can look at tape, you can break things down and be like, guys, in the first half, we did not execute this per- perfectly. We need to defend them this way in the second half. And you come out and you do something completely different in the second half. I mean, the amount of times that's happened in the NBA games, in the NBA world, you, you'd lose track. And then I look at baseball and I'm like, the Dodgers, like I said, outscored Arizona by 160 runs this year and had four guys that hit that drove in over 100 runs and they combined for one. Mookie Betts and, and, and Freddie Freeman, one for 21 combined in the series. I guess what I'm saying is my thinking is what can you even do if things aren't going your well in a game or in a baseball series? Can you really do all that much with the players? Yes, you can switch out a player. You can bench this guy and put this guy in. But I'm just saying, as the manager sitting there, Dave Roberts will take a lot of heat, and I don't really think he did anything wrong in this series. But when your team puts up two runs, two runs, and two runs, you're just like, you're sitting back as a manager like, what can I do? I can't go out there and hit for these guys. I can't tell them what pitch is coming. What can you actually do when your team just in a three-game series, just didn't hit the ball. You know, they didn't. They didn't hit for three three straight games, and that's why they're out of the playoffs. But my thinking is, in football and basketball, the examples I gave you, you can change things up as a coach. In baseball, honestly, it just seems like kind of like what I said. You just get there, you get to the playoffs, and then just cross your fingers. Because it's not like the Dodgers are going to get to the playoffs and change their whole lineup. They're going to get – they're going to – go with what got them there. Mookie Betts leading off. Freddie Freeman hitting second. Maybe you change out the third and fourth hitters, you switch them around. But it was the same lineup. It's not like they inserted six new players for the playoffs and got beat. It's the same exact team that outscored Arizona by 160 runs during the season. So what is it? How do you change it? And that's why I think baseball is such a crapshoot because there's nothing you can do. What are you going to do? Tell Mookie and and Freddie to concentrate more because on offense in baseball, it's just a batter. This sounds so remedial, but think about it. I just told you about NBA and NFL where in the offense, you can shoot, you can do something differently. 
hey guys, we got to pass the ball more in the second half. We got to stop getting out of first and nine, you know, first and ten, and and running into a a crowded defensive line. We're going to throw the ball more in the second half. We're going to run play action. We're going to put guys in motion. Like you can do stuff offensively in football. NBA, same thing. We can run different sets. We can pull this guy out and have him defend the pick and roll versus this other guy who did it in the first half. So many things you can do offensively. In baseball, what can a manager do or what can even a player do if they're not hitting, if they're not getting hits? You can't be like, well, I'm going to stand farther away from the pitcher. (laughs) I'm going to stand 70 feet away from the pitcher. No, you're just you're in the box and you're swinging a bat and you're hoping that it gets a hit and that produces another hit. The guy behind you gets a hit or a home run or whatever. And even when you do make solid contact, sometimes you hit the ball an absolute laser off the bat and it goes right to the shortstop in a line drive out. Sometimes you hit a dribbler and you get a single out of it. Like, I'm telling you, I'm not crazy here. Baseball is literally witchcraft. There's no rhyme or reason because you can't step up to the plate and say, I know I'm getting a hit. You can have confidence and think you're going to get a hit and be like, I've seen this guy, I hit this guy well, I know for a fact I am getting a hit in this at bat, and it's going to be a single over here. You know, you can't call your shot. I think in football and basketball, you absolutely can say, if they play this defense and we run this play right, we're scoring or we're getting yardage. Am I crazy here? I don't think I am. And that's why baseball is just, there's nothing you can do. I saw this coming. What did I tell you in yesterday's podcast? I said the Dodgers are going to get swept. Anybody can win a game, and that would just mean one. It doesn't mean they're going to – just because they won game three, oh, they'd have momentum. Well, if they lost game four, what great was the momentum – what did the momentum from game three's win mean? It didn't mean anything because you lost game four. But I just didn't see it. I didn't see all of a sudden them turning it around because I've seen this song and dance in the playoffs by them time and time again. And I just don't know what you can do. Uh, it's just seriously frustrating as a Dodger fan, certainly. And I'm just, but I'm at wit's end, but I'm also like, I'm very objective and I can understand. Look, the Dodgers, probably a good chance they're getting Shohei Otani in the offseason. You know what that means? They're probably going to win between 100 and 105 games next year in the regular season. And I won't give two shits. Great. Who cares? Show me in the playoffs. And the way this team has performed in the playoffs for three years in a row, it's almost like, I can already tell you what's going to happen next playoffs. Shohei Otani could hit 50 home runs and drive in 130 next year and hit 300. But what if in the three-game series that they play in the LDS, assuming they are finishing with the first or second-best record in the NL and draw another bye and play in a five-game series, what if in the first three games of the series Shohei goes two for 12, just like Mookie and Freddie basically did? Because that's all it comes down to. Six months means nothing. Three games means more than six months. So I have nothing to look forward to when the Dodger season starts. I pretty much know they're going to get to the playoffs. They made the playoffs 11 years in a row. <laughs> but why do they fail? Why do I, when I watch the Phillies play, why am I petrified every time Bryce Harper steps to the plate, knowing he's going to do something, knowing he's going to have an impact on the game every time he steps to the plate? I feel the same way about Corey Seager with the Rangers for now because he has produced in the postseason. There was nothing about that Dodgers lineup I was hoping they were going to do well. Whereas I'm petrified when I see the Phillies, when I see Bryce Harper step into the box. And Corey Seager. 
and you know Jordan Alvarez for the Astros, another one. Just like you just feel like something is going to happen. And if they do have a horrible series and go 1 for 13 in a series, then that other team did a really good job against them, but it's it's so weird. Baseball is so fucking weird. Everything I just went over is the reason why it's so weird because it doesn't make sense and there's nothing they can do to change anything mid-game. There's no timeouts in baseball. There's no, oh, you get 20 minutes to go over things after, you know, five innings, halfway through the game roughly. You don't get 20 minutes to sit down, cool off, and be like, all right. And even if you did, you're still doing the same thing, which is get in the batter's box, the pitcher's going to throw the ball, and I hope you hit it and find a hole somewhere. And then I hope the guy behind you gets a hit too. You have to put multiple hits together or steal bases or hit home runs, whereas, you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks did one thing yesterday in the game other than pitch well. They hit four solo home runs in the fourth and the third inning. And that was it. That's all they needed. Never th- never really did anything. Didn't score any runs in any other inning. They scored in one inning. Four solo home runs off Lance Lynn and that was it. And what did I tell you in yesterday's podcast? Lance Lynn led the majors in giving up home runs, 44 home runs this season. And I said this is the guy that the Dodgers have pinned their hopes on for this season. With their season on the line, this is what they've turned to because I mean, really through no fault of their own, they can't control they can't control injuries. Walker Bueller never came back. Julio Urias is probably out of baseball. Dustin May got hurt. Walk um, Tony Gonsolin got hurt. <laughs> Just there's nothing they could have done. But when they lost those first two games, you're just like, great, you got Lance Lynn going. This guy's supposed to save you. Now, should he have been in the game for all four batters to hit solo bombs off him as he was throwing batting practice to them? No. He probably should have been taken out after two. I can't believe they left him in. And, you know, when they hit three, it's just like, okay, let's get this guy out of here. He's literally given up three solo home runs in a span of four batters. Yet they left him in, and he gave up another one. It's just I, 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 I'm, I'm at wit's end. I'm totally baffled, and there really is no explanation. Because the same exact thing is going to happen next year. The Dodgers, we know, are going to be good next year. Mookie Betts isn't going to suck for a whole six months. Freddie Freeman isn't going to suck for a whole six months. Will Smith isn't going to suck for a whole six months. And if they get Otani, you're going to be like, oh, my God, look at that lineup. Yeah, great. They'll dominate. They will fucking dominate during those six months between April and September next year. I'm sure of it. I don't care, though. (laughs) They need to dominate when they get to the playoffs. And with this five-game series coming off a week break after the season ends, if you get it by, how many times have I said it? Anybody can lose three games in a five-game set. Anybody. All it takes is going cold. The Dodgers have proven that the last two seasons. I told you I was going to do an hour on the Dodgers. I literally just did, what, 19 minutes? (laughs) I, I I have no... I just throw my hands up. <laughs> I really throw my hands up with this because there's no other way to describe it. There really isn't. Uh, I want to end with this. A few things in regards to NFL games this weekend. And I'll have my picks for you tomorrow. I haven't decided. I haven't broken them down just yet. But here are some trends that you might be interested in. Denver and Kansas City play tonight. This will not be one of my plays. Kansas City is a 10.5-point favorite. We know double-digit dogs in the NFL haven't done well uh, since last season. 
Patrick Mahomes as a double-digit dog. What do you think he is against the spread in 24 games as a double-digit favorite? Sorry, I said double-digit dog. I meant double-digit favorite. Patrick Mahomes. He's 10-13-1 against the spread as a double-digit favorite. So that really doesn't tell me anything about tonight's game. He's basically almost 500. I mean, obviously that trend goes towards taking the points tonight, but are you really going to take 10.5 points with this god-awful Denver Bronco team and their defense? I can't. Baltimore is at Tennessee. Well, it's not at Tennessee. It's in England. Or is it? In, is this one in Germany? It's overseas. First thing Sunday morning. Mike Vrabel, we know, is kind of like the Mike Tomlin, the current Mike Tomlin of being an underdog. He's 25-12-1 as an underdog of more than three points. He's a four-point underdog against Baltimore this weekend. But that game is in Europe, so I don't know how much stock I put into that stat. If they were at home where they've already won two bets for me this year, beating the Chargers and beating uh, – who did they beat the other time? The, the last one, we had them as the underdog play of the week two weeks ago. Chargers was – that was first game of the season, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on who they beat two weeks ago. I want to say uh, – totally blanking, but we won with them. But with this being in Europe, I, I you know, we'll see. You know, he basically, as an underdog, hits 66% of the time, which is good when it comes to gambling. Um, the San Francisco 49ers have won 15 straight regular season games, eight straight games. They've gone over 30 points. Deshaun Watson might not be playing. He didn't practice yesterday. That line is up to six. It's probably going to be seven by game time, and if they officially announce Deshaun Watson's out, that line's probably going to be seven and a half or eight. And still, I want no part of that game. Not that I would definitely never bet against San Francisco just by the way they're playing, but they're due to have a bad game at some point where they still might win, but I mean, they're just they're in domination mode right now. I just I don't want to I'm definitely not going to bet against them, but uh, I tell you what, if somehow Deshaun Watson is playing, I might end up taking the Browns in that. And I told you about this statistic. Since the start of last year, teams playing the San Francisco 49ers the very next week are 1-18, straight up. Dallas Cowboys played the Niners last week. They're on Monday Night Football against the Chargers. I'm already telling you right now the Chargers are going to be a play uh, in my picks tomorrow. And I don't know if they're going to be the top play or they're just going to be a regular pick, but I would bet them now. Two, two and a half, whatever it's like. I you just have to go with that stat. That's too big of a sample size. It's not like, oh, they've won, you know, 4-0. It's like 18-1? and You know, I mean, 1-18, the team that is at the week after they play the Niners? You got to bet against the Cowboys. Why wouldn't you? Now, you could say, why wouldn't I? Because Brandon Staley is on the other sideline, Steve. Very good point. <laughs> Very good point. However... Since Brandon Staley has been the head coach of the Chargers, they are much better in an underdog role. They basically play to the level of their competition. When the Chargers are favored and you expect them to play well, that's when they don't. But when they're underdogs and they like go on the road to Kansas City, they always play them well. I can see this, and yes, you're probably going to have more Cowboy fans than Charger fans at SoFi, but you can say that about every home game the Chargers play. The other team's fans show up more than the Charger fans do. So... I don't think that plays a role at all. 
These two teams played last year, and I believe the Cowboys won by 10 in SoFi. So they're playing again. Chargers are a play. It's just a no-brainer. It's kind of like the Steelers last week. You just bet it. You don't care. Well, what about this and this team? And they're coming off a loss. All the more reason. I I, I think there's something to that Niners thing and that Niners hangover was what we're going to call it. For the team to lose to the Niners and then lose 17 of uh, 18 games the following week, that's going to show that the Niners are either kicking the shit out of teams and bullying them or they've gotten in their heads to where these teams don't think they're as good as they thought they were because the Niner of what the Niners did to them. It's the only explanation I can come up with. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. If you're interested, the Daily Roundup was posted uh, about an hour ago. In another hour from now, podcast number 360 with YouTube Bachelor recapper Dave Neal. Uh, good conversation with him coming up there. So thank you all for listening. We're back tomorrow with your picks for the weekend in college and pro football. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.